Genre. Hi everyone, welcome to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Minute, the formerly daily podcast where we used to talk about the 1990 live-action Turtles movie one minute at a time. But now, we're done with that, and we're moving on to uh, some very special episodes here. Uh, Joining us, as always, are crew of co-hosts Chris O'Connor. Hey! Rachel Gatlin. Hi! And Adam Sheehan. Hello. Um, as, hi everybody, how you doing? Good, good, <laughs> as, yeah, good, good, As good. we said, the, uh, the sort of minute format is taking a break right now until we get to Turtles 2 sometime, I don't know, probably next year, I would guess. Uh, but we do want to keep going with Ninja Turtles content, and we're lucky that we have some content to cover today. So our plan for today is to give you not a terribly long episode, but a little discussion, uh, of, of the Steve Barron interview that we conducted and recently released. We want to sort of reflect on that. And uh, then we're going to get talking about some of the new character designs from the rise of the TMNT cartoon, or I guess it's Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, is the full title. But we're going to talk about all that. But first... Adam, Rachel, you guys survived the Philadelphia purge after Super Bowl Sunday. <laughs> yeah, Somehow, that, yeah. That was a little dicey. I posted a video to my Instagram. It sounded like the 4th of July times 10. <laughs> we should see if we could get that up. It's we the could 40th put that of July. I-, I could play it. Yeah, I have it on my phone. But yeah, everyone oh. was honking their horns and shooting off fireworks. I think people were firing Oh my guns. God, can, can, you, can you play it into the microphone? Because yeah, I would yeah. love to hear that. Yeah. It, it just sounds like complete chaos. Yeah. That's okay. Let, I just, let's, see I was, it, let's see how it catch, catches. All right, here we go. I was fully intending for you guys to not even have a city today. If it doesn't pick up well, you could go ahead and just cut the audio in. Yeah, so yeah, I'm going to sure. play it right now. All right, so this is the celebration in your neck of the woods, which isn't even Philadelphia proper, right? Yeah. Right, this is just the burbs. Okay, here we go. Oh, let me restart it. because I. Okay, restarted. restart. All right, I'm going to shut up now. That does straight up sound like the end of the world. Yeah, Yeah, it's like a few of those are definitely fireworks, but I'm pretty sure some of them were guns too. Yes. You know what it kind of sounds like? You know that you know that Russian experiment when they dropped a microphone down to what they thought was the center of the earth, and they got all those crazy sounds that sounded like hell. That's what outside of our house sounded like. Yeah, pretty much. And Scott, I think I I think I sent that audio through the message group. So if what I recorded didn't come through, just We'll make sure the audience hears yeah. it one way. Since Washington, yes. D.C. is never going to win any sort of national championship at anything, uh, if it ever sounds like that in my neck of the woods, then the second Civil War has started. Yeah. yeah there was some crazy <laughs> stuff happening in the city. Like, uh, somebody stole a police horse. Yes. I heard somebody was straight up eating horse crap yes. off the road. All right. Well, that's yeah. horrifying. Yes. It's just yes. like, like I said, did, the, the purge. Is and just, I was, did we... I was reading ahead, highlights Rachel. from um, the police scanners. Apparently, people were walking up 676, and the cop couldn't even figure out how the people were getting on that ramp. <laughs> it's an interstate, right? Yeah. Well, 676 goes through the city, but like, he was like, I don't know how people are getting on here. 
<laughs> and like climbing so, on top of Wawa's and trash trucks, and it was. We had we had greased up telephone poles. I heard that still a few of those came down. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they, they someone... were greasing up. They were greasing up the poles um, when I went to drop <laughs> Chris off at the, uh, after our, uh, <laughs> our our get together. Right, down and that here. was only for the uh, the NFC Championship or AFC. Cha- it was one of the FC Championships. I don't know football. Right, uh, that wasn't <laughs> but, even the Super Bowl. NFC. What was funny is we were all concerned about the the day before because it was the women's march and traffic being nasty. But right after I dropped Chris off is right when the bus containing the Minnesota Vikings got to the city. So like getting back oh. out of the city was just impossible. It was crazy. Wow. Um, and did I hear someone stole an ostrich? What? <laughs> I don't Wait, know. what about that? <laughs> Somebody stole an ostrich? <laughs> I feel like I heard about a stolen ostrich. I, I definitely heard about someone eating poop. I Ugh. wouldn't put it past Philadelphians to break into the zoo <laughs> and steal an ostrich. I mean, they stole a horse cup, so... They were climbing on City Hall. They were literally yeah. climbing yeah. up the front of City Hall. It God, like I'd hate z- to see what happened if they lost. Oh, man. Right? I, wonder, I was worried. I was would, so worried. Would it looked like a like zombie a ho- movie. Like, what? like Broad Street was just filled with, with walkers, it seemed. Would, <laughs> would messing with a, a horse cup be the same as, like, you know how, like, if you... Like hurt or or kill a police dog, they'll they'll treat it the same way as like if you had ki- hurt or killed a human officer. Yeah, I, mean, I, I think would, is I that would like, Are so. they going to treat that like kidnapping an officer? Or That's something? what I was saying. Yeah. Like oh, ro- wrongful imprisonment imprisonment of an of an officer of the law. Yeah, because oh, that man. horse an equestrian is officer of the law. Yeah, that horse is technically a police officer. Oh, that's crazy! <laughs> and is it isn't stealing a horse still like punishable by hanging in some part of the parts of the country? <laughs> yeah, that's probably one of those laws that they just never bothered to revise. I don't think like, that any DA is going to make that one. Um, <laughs> like, gonna... if, if this had happened in Dallas, that guy would be screwed. Nobody's going to push for, for hanging, hanging a, a horse thief. Oh, anyway, let's talk about Ninja Turtles, shall we? (laughs) Sure. (laughs) I'm so so sick of talking about it. That's right, Ninja Turtles. (laughs) Well, we just haven't talked in a while. This is us getting together. (laughs) It's nice to see you guys. Uh, Yeah, it's just, it's Um, been like the topic all day. Yeah, the news is insufferable. Anyway, whatever. Well, that's, there's nothing new about that. Um, So we got to release our, we kept it a secret for a while, but the day after Christmas, we recorded this interview with Steve Barron, the director of the 1990 movie, and we released it last week, a couple weeks ago. And man, we were were biting our tongues real hard on that, almost (laughs) let it slip on uh, our season finale episode. But how did you guys think it turned out? What did you think about the Steve Barron interview? I mean, you were there, but I don't. Know, I don't have anyone else to talk to about it. Well, Anybody? Um, I it, it it's it. I was I was kind of pleased that we managed to get a salvageable and and decent episode out of it. Yeah, I was really worried. Like right after we hung up that call, I was like, oh, this isn't going to work. Yeah. Well, to to preface, we had a lot of Skype difficulty with that one to the point where. You know, it started off fine, and the the first couple minutes went really well. But then, we just had chunks of silence. Like we, every once in a while on Skype, you get this sort of uh, lag or digital interference, and it just the voice kind of turns into Megatron for a while for a minute, and then it goes away. Yeah, and then you so get like the these... very end of what they were saying, where they're like, "You understand?" or "Don't you think?" <laughs> and you're like, "Yeah, no, no, I don't, I don't, so I don't understand, for... nor do I think." <laughs> Number one, we had long chunks of silence where we couldn't even hear Steve Barron talking to us. Um, so we may have accidentally cut him off once or twice, not realizing 
that he was still talking. <laughs> mm, yeah. well, what was cool about it, too, uh, when it was finally released, is I finally got to hear his answers yeah. to some yeah. of my questions. <laughs> like, I was listening along with you guys. Like, oh, like I, I really want to know how he answered that Michael Jackson yeah. question. Yeah. I, I spent a lot of time in the edit cutting back and forth between his, because he recorded his side of it, and then you all recorded, and I recorded. So we had lots of different versions of that audio. So it was just a lot of technical wizardry cutting in and out and back and forth to get every bit of information we could. And I actually, not to toot my own horn, but it, it, it came together pretty nicely, all things considered. I felt yeah. so bad. And, you know, first and foremost, apologies to Steve Barron for uh, uh, if if... It seemed a little bit stressful for him to not be able to hear us, or if it, if it didn't turn out as well as he had hoped. I I was so grateful to get the chance to interview him. I know you guys were too, but I think we turned out a great interview despite of all the technical limitations. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he technical was a, limitations he was a real were good fun. Sport. Good sport. <laughs> Kept things it. interesting. <laughs> uh, favorite thing you learned from that interview? Hmm. I, I was a big fan of learning how he put uh, – he talked about putting the glycerin on the eyeballs oh, yeah. of the puppets. And I thought yeah. that was so cool because we, we talk about, especially you know when we compare it to CGI or you know the cartoons, that the, the, the puppet turtles had a certain lifelikeness or tactile sort of believability. And uh, that, that went a long way in sort of explaining that, the care to that kind of detail they took to, to even wet the eyes. Yeah. Well, Chris, I, what I, about? I, I think I uh, I got the most in- enjoyment out of his um, uh, somewhat um, uncomfortable and nonplussed reaction to our fan theories. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he didn't seem to. Well, I once I heard the reaction to his sort of Casey Jones theory, which was more or less just saying, "Okay, I didn't think of that." Uh, I decided not to run with the whole. Danny is the illegitimate son of April thing for fear that we might actually cause him to leave. Yeah, I think I actually heard his nerd alert go off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. He's like, that, that was, doesn't matter, guys. He was yeah. like, oh, right, these guys are nerds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to say, when we first uh, messaged him on Twitter, this is even before we asked him to come on the show, um, I was just like, hey, you know, we're a, a Turtles podcast we're big fans of your work thank you for doing this movie and he's like wow you guys talk about the movie one minute at a time you take geeking out to a whole new level i was like well (laughs) yes i wish we wish we could claim original idea but uh you know we can't that's okay Um, adam what was your favorite part of the interview um I, i i liked um kind of the the ins and outs aspect of him actually getting to make this movie because it existed in a vacuum away from the the cartoon. So, like, the cartoon didn't really start to get popular until they had already started making it. Yeah. And then, I like, it's just Never would have guessed. This never perfect, guessed that. like, everything fell into place kind of aspect of it. It, it. it even makes it... You always say this this movie was a miracle that it got made, and that kind of proves it, in a, in a sense. Yeah. I but, I was astounded by that. I was also interested to hear his um, his kind of side of the story of what happened in post-production because I didn't really pick up on it until I read about it after the interview that the, there was a lot of disagreement between him and the studio post-production. So it was, it was nice to, to kind of 
get his side of that he story. He was very diplomatic on that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you could, you, like, could hear, you could hear it in his voice that it was uh, it was kind of a touchy subject. Yeah. Yeah, understandably so. But hey, listen, I think that when you uh, have tension between creators, that's when magic happens. I mean, John Lennon and Paul McCartney didn't always get along, you know? Yeah. Uh, Rachel, what was your favorite part of the interview? Um, I liked that uh, initially he wanted... Oh, what was his name? The guy from the Sex Pistols to do the Oh, Malcolm McLaren. Yeah. 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 That would have been a much different movie. Oh, Um, man. And I kind of hope that in an alternate universe, that cut exists. But on the the other hand, I'm still kind of glad it wasn't. Yeah. Why is that? Because uh, the John Duprez score has such charm to it. Like, I wouldn't want to live in a world where that... TMNT hero theme didn't exist. <laughs> uh, yeah, it would make our show a very different uh, experience for the listeners. That's I for mean, sure. On the other hand, <laughs> you wouldn't know any better. Yeah, true. Yeah, but yeah. Chris, you were saying. I, I don't know if if TMNT if if instead it had like more of a punk rock score. I don't know. I mean, like I, I suppose it depends on how it would have turned out. But I, I I just have this weird feeling that if it had been scored that way instead of you know the way that it was, that it would be. I just have this weird feeling that it would be on USA up all night. <laughs> like, you know, Man, you of, must have watched a lot of kinda, USA Up All Night like when you were younger. Nazis must die. Yeah. <laughs> I love that we keep coming back to that. <laughs> USA Up All Night, yes. USA stockings. Up All Night. Thank you, Rhonda Shear. <laughs> um, yeah, I just, it was so cool. Like Again, we said it at our season finale. I'll say it again. We've, you know, we've had two really great opportunities for interviews on this show, and I'm hoping there will be more down the the road as we, you know, keep rolling through the summer. Not going to say uh, any names in in case I jinx it. Yes, please don't jinx anything. But we're hoping, you know. It's fun. Um, Yeah, it was just a cool interview. I really liked it. I thought it went well. I think he was super gracious to give us all that time, especially the day after Christmas. Like, Boxing Boxing Day. Day. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Which It was... So, so thank you, Steve Barron, for that. We hope you, the listeners, really enjoyed that. I don't have any more big surprises for you to announce, but uh, we will have a couple of Patreon-exclusive episodes coming out soon. I think they're both going to Patreon. I have to double-check my notes. But we have a full-length commentary that we recorded for the 1990 movie. We also have a full-length commentary slash diss track <laughs> for the, uh, the the most recent of the Michael Bay films, Out of the Shadows. You might hear me which... snore on that one. Yeah, yeah. Not, you... not my proudest work. I no. Well, listen, it's, it's if you want to spend an hour and a half in a room with us four, that's what you're getting. That's, that's what it is. It wasn't as much of a commentary as it was... Uh, us just sort of talking to each other in a basement, watching a movie. I was doing embroidery Drunk. during one of them. I don't remember which one. <laughs> Probably the Michael Bay one. <laughs> I don't remember. Yeah, some drinks were had. At times, I wished I was doing embroidery during the Michael so Bay one. So drinky. Next time, next time you're over, I'll teach you how to, how to embroider, Scott. All right. That sounds like a train wreck <laughs> waiting to happen. <laughs> it's, not, it's not hard. So... We've got this uh, uh, this thing that has been floating around, sort of the turtle verse, and I, I don't know if that word's been used before, but if not, I'm trademarking it. We've <laughs> known for a while that the Nickelodeon cartoon, the CGI cartoon, was going to be ending, and it was going to be replaced by this show, Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Um, do you guys remember when you first heard the news about this show coming down the pipe? Yeah. Tell um, us about it, Rachel. 
Well, I don't really remember, but I I was excited about it. A new Ninja Turtles show is always exciting, right? All right. I feel <laughs> like there was completely different concept art when I first heard about this. Yeah. I don't even know if there was I... concept art at the beginning. Mm. I could have sworn I, I remember seeing something. I was like, oh, that could be neat. But the, and and I was expe- I had that image in my head, and then I, I saw what we're going to be talking about today, and I was like, ooh, this isn't that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I seem to recall hearing that it was going to be a much more sort of mystical, magical setting, mm. uh, a lot more supernatural kind of stuff. That may be which, in there. Yeah, which I don't know how well that sat with me. I did like the idea that it was going back to 2D animation mm-hmm. um, because, you know, as a Turtles fan, how do you not love the idea of 2D Turtles? You know, we've we had a couple of really great two-dimensional cartoons before the CGI one came along. Um and then I guess the first real peak that we got at this was a, uh, a, a, a like a promo reel that Nickelodeon put out behind the scenes with the voice cast once they were announced. Mm-hmm. Um, and just to go through some of the names, Cat Graham playing April O'Neil, uh, Josh Brenner playing Donatello, Ben Schwartz playing Leonardo, and Brandon Michael Smith playing Michelangelo, Omar Benson Miller playing Raphael, and Eric Bauza playing Splinter. John Cena's in the voice cast as a bad guy, I think. Oh, that's oh. why John Cena kept popping up in the image search. Yeah, I was like, why is yeah. John Cena here? Go home. Rob, Rob Paulson, formerly Donatello, formerly Raphael, is going to be the voice director for the series, which oh, is a right. pretty cool sort of... Oh, that nice. link of continuity is still there, which is nice. But I just want to... First, before we talk about the character designs, what do you guys think about the voice cast? I, okay, so I can I can see like uh, like seeing them like physically, like is always especially like before you get a sense of, before you see the art before you get a sense of how the turtles will actually look can kind of throw you off. Like uh, Raphael, Michelangelo, and I guess to a great extent Donatello. Like they they sort of like their look didn't throw me off. But uh, but uh, but uh, but uh, is it John <laughs> Ralphio? Is that who that is? Who's who's yes. being, Ben Schwartz? Ben yeah, Schwartz. yeah, Ben Schwartz as as Leonardo is. Um, Threw me for a little bit of a, a mental loop that I didn't. Yeah, like. yeah I, I, I would, I, I would almost, I would cast him as a Mikey over Leonardo. Yeah. You know, it's funny because I think I initially thought that too. Um, you know what? Let's we're gonna let the listeners take a listen. Here's the promo reel from Nickelodeon to uh, that that features the voices of the characters. So take a listen to this, and then we'll we'll talk back at you when that's done. And now meet the cast of Nickelodeon's. Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Omar Miller as Raphael. I relate to Raphael because oftentimes I act before I think. Raph is the meathead. The aggression and the overall brotherly caring that he brings as a big brother can't be overstated. Just saying, you don't want to mess with me. With Ben Schwartz as Leonardo. To voice Leo, I'm joining a legacy of incredible voice actors. He gets to be funny, he gets to be laid back, which is so fun to play. I'm champion of the world. Josh Brenner as Donatello. I grew up as a huge Donatello guy. We're similar in a lot of ways. We're both science nerds. The biggest difference is that he's actually good at science. Next time, make your weapons out of a high-grade titanium. Thank you very much. Brandon Michael Smith as Mikey. Michelangelo was my favorite Ninja Turtle, and now I'm Michelangelo. He is the rambunctious, fun, adventurous turtle. And in my opinion, I think he's the funniest one. Yay! A sword! Too full of nothing. <laughs> 
and Cat Graham as April O'Neil. Playing April O'Neil is so awesome. It's an honor to bring something completely fresh and new to such an iconic character. She's a pretty strong girl. <laughs> Fans can expect a lot of fun. A lot of wild adventures. Hilarious characters that you will remember forever. It's silly and it's fun and it's also makes you think. It's something that was such a big part of my childhood. I am a total Nickelodeon freak. It's pretty remarkable to be a part of it. It's a dream come true. And it's gonna be amazing! Yeah! So yeah, my, my initial impressions on uh, John Ralphio there, Ben Schwartz, I thought he would be a good Mikey too, but then I actually heard his voice and he's the one to me that sounds the most like his character. Mm. When, I, when I heard him just speaking in his sort of normal voice there, it sounds, you know, Leonardo-ish. It sounds at least as Leonardo-y as uh, American Pie there, Jason Biggs, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah Jason Biggs is not a great Leonardo. No. <laughs> Um, I mean, they've, it's, again, it's sort of like, I guess you'd call him like A-list TV talent, right? You've been going in that sort of uh, grab a celebrity for the Leonardo role. You've had Jason Biggs, and then you had Seth Green, and now you have Ben Schwartz. Yeah. Hmm. I liked it. What do you guys think about uh, Raphael, Omar Benson-Miller? Good. I'm not, Good. I'm not familiar with, with him, but um, I think it'll work. Yeah, I mean... I'm down for whatever. Yeah, <laughs> there, there, I, I feel like there's not there's not really a whole lot to take away from this. I'm still kind of like yeah, yeah. This like could I don't all really be fine. <laughs> Apart from yeah. John Ralphio, I don't really know these guys. So I mean, I, okay. I I know Josh Brenner from Silicon Valley. Yeah, I think he'd so, be a good Donatello. And as soon as we saw him on screen, Adam was like, "Of course." <laughs> yeah, well, and and he's like, apparently, I was watching some of the uh, the live stream video from the character design reveal. <laughs> And they mentioned that Josh Brenner is like actually like a big math dude and engineering guy, like Donatello is supposed yeah. to be. I actually liked his voice for Donatello a lot, also. Um, it's 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 they're all good. I like them all. Um, it's a little bizarre to hear such a different inflection from Michelangelo because you're so used to like, I don't know, like a, a, a not. Not always surfery, but very often surfery. To, so to hear that sort of dialect Whoa, change righteous. without seeing, well, yeah, he's, without, a, he's always had that that SoCal accent, whether surfer dude or otherwise. Yeah, yeah. So it'll be interesting to see if they play with that at all Skater. in actual in actual uh, context of the show. Um, I don't think we got clips of Splinter in that reel. We did get nope. Cat Graham as April O'Neil, which I really like. I like her. I like her voice as April O'Neil. I think she's got a good April O'Neil voice. Okay. I'm looking at the the characters list. It looks like Rob Paulson and Maurice Lamarche are both listed as TBA. So that that's I'm, exciting. Yeah. If they're playing Pinky in the Brain, I'm gonna be really happy. <laughs> oh, what if they're, what if they're Bebop and Rocksteady? That would be incredible. <laughs> that would be incredible. So let's let's jump into the character designs here. So we, we have a, a limited up. amount of uh, character designs that were released. We've got a group shot featuring all the turtles uh, sort of, I guess, flying up a bridge. Yeah. yeah, what is going on in this picture? I don't know. There's so like we're looking lightning at this shot. And, and stuff. Yeah, I, let's, let's get overall impressions first. What do you guys think of the artistic style that they're going with? 
I made a comment hmm. earlier that it, it sort of reminds me of Deviant Art OC. <laughs> like, <laughs> like this is the, these are my OC turtles. Like this is how I would please, do the turtles. Please don't steal. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's kind of got it's kind of got like a fan art sort of vibe to it. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. Um, I I'm gonna go out on a limb and just say I don't love it. I don't love yeah. the way these designs look. And if I remember correctly, back when the 2003 show came out, I don't think I loved those initial character designs either. But what we ended up getting in the show was a little bit different than the, the, the character design artwork that came out early. Mm-hmm. So my, my hope is that that will happen again. Um, it's kind of got this weird, like it's almost... There's a bit of Bruce Tim and Batman animated series as far as like the simplicity of all the lines. Mm. There's a bit of like Cowboy Bebop happening in here. I like the city shot, but I don't really like the individual just, you know, sort of character shots. I, yeah. I, and it, and it kind of makes me think of um, oh, what are those like sort of it kind of makes me think of, uh, you know, older sort of like Nickel. It, it, make, it makes me think a little bit of Samurai Jack. But not in yes. the not in the not in the good way that Samurai Jack was. Like I, I kind of I don't know. Yeah, I like, I, I like I like the Mikey. I like let's see, I like Mikey. Uh, April's okay. I like April and Mikey, and Donatello's kind of okay. But Leo and Raph kind of throw me for a loop, and Splinter just kind of gives me nightmares. Yeah, Splinter's got like a John K. Um, Ren and Stimpy kind of style. Yeah, to it. yeah, he sort of yeah. looks like half pig. Sort of, he's got like a pig thing happening. Like he's got that Bob Camp character. You know what he happening. reminds me of? Do you remember the grandpa from Three Ninjas? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's kind of what this Splinter makes me think of. Yeah, I'd be interested uh, to yeah. see what animators are are involved in this project. Yeah. Well, let's let's go through and talk about each turtle. So Raphael, we're gonna look at the the shot of him, and the first thing that sticks out to me is there are no sai. Mm-hmm. Well, he's got yep. the tanfa. Yep. Yeah, he's holding Tanfa, two nightsticks, which frankly I think are better weapons. Right, and okay. and and more kid friendly. Yes. Also, like like there's not a whole lot you can do that's that's PG and still using a weapon with size. I mean, neither are swords, but I think Tanfa is kind of a good step in that direction. Mm. Yeah. Can control, um, bind, just hit. Why don't do you, have to why, stab? Why the change? Why um, do you think they're going with a, a change in weaponry? It, it gives them a chance to, you know, sort of liven things up a little bit, change it up. They can they can do something a little different. Uh, they, they can it it gives it a different uh, visual dynamic. It'll change the way that they can shoot the fights. I mean, shoot the choreograph and and, and <laughs> animate the fights. Um, I I uh, you know I I like Tanfa better than Sai. And and yeah, the problem with the Sai is that. Like uh, in the cartoon, they did a lot where where like the Psy were often like they would cut things like, you know, like they treated them like knives. They weren't really sure what they were, or what they were using them for. Um, but I mean, it, it, it I mean, the old cartoon, the original you know, when we were kids, like it, there was sort of like a tendency to just be like, oh, look at these pointy things. He's going to like, you know, cut open, a, <laughs> cut open a sandbag or something. You know, yeah. um, Chris, but, t- to your point earlier, I just want to interject that the. It's executive produced by the guy that did the character designs for Samurai Jack. Oh. Mm. Oh, well, there it is. <laughs> so there you go. Well, yeah, that's interesting. 
Yeah, like uh, the, the the way the shadow, like it, it has like sort of the same sort of angles and lines as Samurai Jack, but like there's more shadow and light that like makes it more three dimensional than yeah, than it's there was it's in very it's it's a little flat. Like Samurai Jack had that very like flat color palette, but not, um, but not right. quite as flat. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they're they're given more three dimensionality by the shadowing, which right, I don't right, remember right. in Samurai Jack being there like at all. Um, and yeah, what like I we... say, the the big shot where you can see the city, it looks better than. Uh, we'll see it in context later. I what, guess. what do we think about Raphael's attire? Is he wearing little pants? He it looks like, look he's, like wearing he's wearing a pair shorts. of shorts under his shell. Yeah. Maybe some boxer briefs. Like a pair of bike shorts. <laughs> They're all wearing yeah. bike shorts. Hmm. Are they it's, all wearing superhero undies? I yeah. think it's that, high that time. Get, uh, that somehow get under their shell. Like the one with Michelangelo, <laughs> you can see like he's got like shorts and they're kind of like under his shell. Like maybe I guess they're the, the, the shells don't join in the bottom. There's no, there's no shell taint. Well, <laughs> well it's, I think a, it's high that time a... that the turtles wear some damn pants. Yeah. yeah. I, okay. Yeah. Fair I'm, assessment. I'm okay with the pants. We, need, um, we, need we some have pants. the the Michael Bay Raphael bandana. The full head bandana is back in this one. Yeah. That's that's been done a couple of times throughout the comics too. Yeah. Um, like in in the Archie comics for a while, he wore just an all black ninja suit, and then um, huh. uh, there was this. This period of time where Jim Lee did a uh, turtles co- yep. a turtles comic and and he, they all had the full bandanas so that's that's not new I mean yeah. it's not even new in the Michael Bay sense but yeah okay I, I kind of like it okay it's something different yeah um I do like his sort of Batman elbow prongs that he's got going on his ba- his uh, elbow pads <laughs> there I just noticed those yeah. yeah it's like gargoyles um and he's also supposed to be a snapping turtle. Oh. What? So all four turtles are different turtles in this one. Huh. Weird. So Raphael oh. is supposed to be a snapping turtle. I'm going to move over to Leonardo, and Leonardo is a red-eared slider, which is what originally all the turtles were, I believe. Oh. Huh. But Leonardo has those the red streaks up his face to actually make him look a little bit like a red-eared slider. What do we think about Leo's design? Oh, now He's that you say gloves. that, I kind of like it. <laughs> he, now he it, is... it makes a little more sense. Yeah, he is not wearing pants. It doesn't look like me. No, he's, he's got, got little he's got, like, he's got those briefs. Oh. He's, he's got, got those little underpants on. Little, little speedos. I, okay. He's got those I'm gonna briefs. say it's. I'm gonna say it's shadowing. I don't believe that it's shorts just yet. I no. think those are I think, shorts. I think Raphael's the only one getting shorts, but that's just my interpretation. Yeah, but um, they're if, all wearing shorts. If one of them wears pants, then they all have to wear pants. I contend that they are all wearing pants. <laughs> so if only one of them wears pants, though, does that make him the weird one? <laughs> no, no, it, it means, makes it, it means all the other ones are the naked. other three are weird. <laughs> yeah, you you can't just have one of them wearing pants because then it re- then it, the requirement that one's has like to trickle down. That he should be wearing pants, and the other three are just weirdos. Yeah, it, so it we, makes yeah. the other ones walking around naked. You can't have that in a kids' cartoon. It's kind of like talked. how it's kind of like how um, when Donald Duck gets out of the shower, he puts a towel around him, but right. normally he's not wearing anything. <laughs> like, what's up with that? <laughs> Um, Chris, we talked a lot in our show about the feasibility of double wielding uh, weapons. Leonardo has only mm-hmm. got one sword. Yeah, well, at least in this promo shot, yeah, he's got one sword, and well, if he it, only uses one, I, I appreciate that. Yeah, um, his shell is a little blue. It's like everything on him matches his bandana color. The sword is blue. His shell is blue. His belt is blue. His socks are blue. His gloves are blue. Yeah, he's got like gloves and and uh, he's got gauntlets and and little uh, yeah. little ankle booty socks. I tabbies. will say, 
Adam, all of my favorite professional wrestlers always wore the hand gauntlets like that. It's very Shawn Michaels to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he also got like a lucha vibe going on. Almost. A little bit. A little bit. Yeah. I could see that. Um, you know what I do like is they went back to the traditional two-toe and a heel design for the feet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Whereas I don't the, like the I don't like the rhinoceros feet. Yeah. Which is I mean, probably more biologically accurate, but who cares, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Rhinoceros feet are creepy. Um, moving on to Donatello. Donatello is super purple. Mm-hmm. He, he looks he looks really serious. Yeah, very he looks stoic. Very serious. He's supposed to be a quote soft shell turtle, which is why I am assuming he's the only one with a backpack because his shell must be vulnerable. Mm. Oh no, the nerd is weak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go figure. And in um, the in the city shot was was April riding on his back on some sort of jetpack? Sort of. I can't tell if she's supposed to be behind him or hooked on to him. It's a I think she's hard. hooked on. It does look a little bit like she's hooked on to him. So maybe that comes... You know what? I think yeah, that is. He's, I think he's that got thing like some sort of, of like handlebars coming up off of his shoulders. And hmm. if you look underneath uh, the, the platform that April's standing on, it's almost graded or uh, a checkered. Like the like, shell. Like the shell is. Good call. Good call, Adam. Um... <laughs> Donatello, not really wielding a bow staff, kind of almost a toothpick spear. Mm-hmm. A weird, scepter-y, spear Well, I, it's hard to tell from the angle. Like, it could be coming, like, you know, coming towards the viewer, or it, I'm, not, I'm not sure. I would what? guess yes on that one. Okay. He's got some sort of spear point on it, and we're not yeah. really sure what's on the other side. True. He's got some sort of uh, headgear. He's uh, Some goggles. A full purple bandana covering up the top of his head. He's got the goggles, he's, and he's, he's also got, got like some sort of wrist wristbands that are probably covered with like screens and technology. Yeah, yeah. technology. <laughs> oh we got to name so, that so, voice of yours. One. That's of these a thrilling days. adventure hour reference for anybody who knows. Oh, okay. Let's take a look at Mikey. Mikey, I believe, is a box turtle. I might be mistaken on that. Um. I like that they give him a little bit of attitude by doodling on his knee pads. Mm-hmm. Which would it look ap- weird in reality. Yes, it would look very odd. I'm also wondering if he's got a tattoo on his abdomen. What's going on there? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think that's he's, a I, scar? He's the most on-model turtle so far. Yeah. Those face, so anyway. far, I guess it's the last one. But Yeah. I, I would agree. I'm not sure what would the weapon be called that he's carrying. It's almost like it, a mace of some yeah, sort. Yeah, it looks like a mace. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a circle with a, it's got like a, a circular saw. It's like a sphere with a circular saw in it. Oh, it's like um, Gogol Yilbury's um, uh, like the skip weapon it of death. in, Kill, in yeah. Kill Bill. The skip oh it of God, death. It is a skip it. <laughs> skip Go, go. Go, go. Cry, cry. Wait, that's a different um, movie. And it's kind of interesting to me that Mikey's not wearing a belt. I guess oh. Leo and Raph were wearing belts. But he belts. is wearing Donnie, shorts. Donnie is kind of hard to tell. I'm still saying shadows. No. I'm just going to, well, we'll be, we'll be vindicated sooner or later. Yeah, also, he's, on, he's like a, on, he has a, like a, a weird harness. Like, you know, it comes, it comes to a, like there's a patch on his left breast, and then it kind of like, goes under yeah. each side, and then this probably goes over the shoulder. And, it's like I mean, the that's 90s the sort of, uh, Cyclops outfit. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and again... Or the harness for a quiver, but I mean, he doesn't have a bow, so... Whatever. Similar to the um, the 2012 series, he's got um, 
short ties on his bandana. Oh, whereas Leo has longer ones and yeah. Raph has longer ones. And I guess Donnie has short ones. If you look at the Donnie picture, his tie is yeah. also short. But I, I guess I think that makes the, him look younger. Yeah, because in the CGI one, they all have long tails. But Mikey's mm-hmm. got little little tiny baby little tails. Little stubby ones. Little nubs. He's got little oh. picky tails. Little I don't know. Tails. I have to be honest, guys. Like, I'm not in love with the character designs in general. I will. It will grow on me. Yeah. But I'm, yeah, I'm we'll really having a problem. I'm having a problem with the weapons thing. Like, I don't know. I like my Raphael with a sigh. I like my Michelangelo with nunchucks. <laughs> well, I don't You're like just a good old fashioned weapons, conservative so type. <laughs> I mean, when Mikey switched to the grappling hook in the 80s cartoon, I was always Back like, what's in my all day, this? My turtles used size and they had nunchucks, and that was a time. I, they loved I, it. I Pepperidge yes. Farm remembers. Pepperidge Farm remembers nunchucks. <laughs> Um, but He's yeah, I mean, if I'm giving me the diabetes, <laughs> if I'm going to be honest, I, this is, this is sort of the, the root of the issue is that it's just, it's, it's, I like when people take risks and I like departures, but if I were but to base you don't an actually opinion, like it when it happens, I don't <laughs> actually, well, I'd have to say this might not be turtles for me. This might be turtles for someone else. Like I've had my turtles. I've had a, a my fair share of TMNT, a number of turtles. So I can't be selfish and try to say, well, they have to please me. No. I mean, if there's people that dig this, then great. It might just not be my thing. But I I cannot make a full judgment yet. Let's talk about April, Splinter. shall we? Oh, okay. Yeah. April. Well, I just uh, before we before we move on, I, I just wanted to say I think these these designs are very they're toyetic in that sense. Like these were very much designed to be new action figures. Toyetic. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I, I and I feel like with the with this design, they're finally taking a step back from the let's just make one turtle and give them different deco. Yeah, yeah, and, and then just sell that. the same turtle four times. They're kind of trying to actually mix it up a little more, did, differentiate a little. Did you get that word toyetic from that Netflix series? I the, did. The, I'm the learning a lot from us. Netflix these days. <laughs> I was kind of surprised. I was kind of surprised that show didn't have a Ninja Turtles episode. Maybe if they well, do they're more. not. They're not done. I think no, it's supposed there's... to be like a six-part. Oh, nice! Yeah, they've released yeah. what three or four, I think and I three think three or four. Of three. Them. Yeah, there's there's going to be more. I think they, they did He-Man. Oh no, four. They did uh, Star Wars, He-Man, GI Joe, and Barbie. Barbie. Yep. Yeah, that He-Man episode I think, was great. I feel yeah. like there's got to be a Ninja Turtles <laughs> one coming He-Man. down the pipe. No, I created He-Man. I just I love me some Skeletor. <laughs> <laughs> Skeletor. Uh, <laughs> so let's. I don't. I don't have. Let's a good talk about. Let's talk about April O'Neil. <laughs> she has so, a magic bat. She does. Yeah, she does have a magic bat, which is a little Maybe confusing. Maybe it is more mystical. Sword um, and magic helmet. She also she also looks like she's <laughs> wearing a, a, a letterman's jacket and uh, like funny like wingtip glasses. Like yeah, those, yeah. those old old time. She looks like she's in. She kind of looks like she belongs in an Archie comics. A she little. looks like a mix of what was it, Irma mm-hmm. from the original cartoon? Yes. And and April, she's got the yellow. We still see some familiar yellow, which is great. I'm gonna assume once again she is not gonna be a news reporter. Yeah, because yeah, she, she looks, seems like a high schooler. Yeah, she looks young. Also a teenager. Yeah. Um, and not for nothing, she's African American, which yes, is they, great. It's they like, have race swapped her. No reason not to. Uh, yeah. And I even saw a post on Twitter the other day that was like they they showed an issue. I think it was issue 11, maybe, mm-hmm. of the Mirage comic where April has got like a sort of you know, tight curly hair and yeah, someone's like, you know, she's clearly a black person in this. When I, when, like, I was re- when I was reading I the comics, it. like it seemed like from issue to issue in the first run, they sort of kept changing her features around. And I'm like, wait a second, what, what happened? Yeah, I, I was, I forget <laughs> like they where couldn't I saw make up it. their mind. 
it might be in this Turtlepedia article, but April was based on a biracial woman that Kevin Eastman was dating at oh, the time. Oh, okay. Mm. So, well, then well that, there you go. I guess that explains that. Yeah. I like it. I'm a fan of the April O'Neil design in general. And I like, so I, I, I tend to think that Judith Hoag's April is the best April that we've gotten, period. Um, but I also like how they've sort of skewed April younger in the last several years. It feels like with every cartoon that's coming out, starting with 2003, actually starting all the way back with the 80s. Like, April was obviously an adult, working an adult job. And then 2003, she seemed like maybe a 20-something. And then in, you know, uh, the the CGI one, she's like a teenager. And now this one, she seems like she might even be a little younger than that. So, mm-hmm. uh, well, it's, good. It's, give, it's give little kids something to look up to. I like it. Yeah, because it's interesting to me that she's always kind of been an adult, at least when when we were kids, because young girls didn't really see themselves in the Turtles cartoon. Like, there was this April character, but she was this adult. Right. So it, it's... She had a job and an apartment and Right. So to, to be able to have a female character that's the same age as your audience is kind of important because it expands your audience a little bit more. Yeah. So yeah. you have these young I, women who can see themselves in their favorite show. And everything about these designs to me says that we're aiming for a younger audience. Yeah. Like it just the, the it colors seems... are colors are super bright and bold. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. How about uh how about Splinter? Let's take a look at Splinter. Uh, what is going on here? <laughs> <laughs> I definitely see a strong um samurai he looks, influence. He lo- he looks more like a hamster than a rat. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. He's got a bit of a pig nose. He has a very mm-hmm. round face. Yeah. Which is not something we usually Splinter's always looked a little dog like in the Ninja Turtles mythos. Yeah. yeah. Um, or wolf like, yeah. Um, I yeah, kind the, of enjoy the most recent, this... like the anim- the CGI one, the one that just ended. Like, every, there's sometimes like I've seen screen captures of him, and I'm like, that's not a rat. That's a that's a flipping wolf. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, I I like this Splinter design. I'm really intrigued to see how it's going to move around and how they treat him. Is he going to well, be like that? A, makes one of you. Is he going to be like Yoda from Episode Two, or oh, is God. he going to be like Yoda oh. from Episode Five? He just he looks he looks too stumpy to be a rat. Rats are long and kind of sleek, and I don't know. Maybe it's just the position he's in. It, the maybe. position probably doesn't help, but something tells me he's going to be a short squat character. Yeah, I I liken him to the the grandpa character from Three Ninjas. That's kind of the, <laughs> the if I were to anthropomorphize him even more, yeah, that's yeah. what he would be as a human. I think <laughs> oh, um, the grandpa I from Three Ninjas like was the uh, was the was was the old guy from uh, Big Trouble in Little China, right? I believe so. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's interesting that the one that I kind of really enjoy the most is the one that everyone else kind of hates. Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Intriguing. (laughs) Um, overall thoughts. What are, what are your overall impressions? I, (sighs) I, eh, I mixed and I don't think I like the whole magic-y aspect of what I'm seeing. Like, I really, I don't know that I want to see Ninja Turtles dealing with magic. That, to me, those universes just don't really belong together. So I'm hoping that's not the way it goes. Oh, sure they do. I mean, I'm, I do. I'm, I do love magic. Don't get me wrong, but I, oh. I I agree with you on that aspect. Like, I want my magic and I want my ninjas kind of separate. <laughs> yes. 
Yeah, Chris. Mm. I'm I'm okay with it. I'm I I'm okay with that aspect of it. The 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 idea of them, you know, sort of mixing the martial arts and magic is not a big deal to me. It's not a deal breaker. I'm fine with that. Um, like right now, like in the stills and these sort of like presentations of like the the concept art. I don't know. I mean, it it could be very different in motion. Like if you showed me. Um, uh, if you showed me like Teen Titans, um, you know, sort of promo like development art, like before that show came out, uh, I might have been like, eh, I don't know, especially yeah. if any of those still shots were sort of like the, the zanier things that they do um, with the animation in that show. But when you see it in motion and when you see like all the sort of different um, like extremes that they can go to, like, you know, sometimes it's really cutesy, funny, like very anime inspired. And sometimes it's like deadly serious and like, you know, they're fighting Slade and I'm like, whoa, this is awesome. So I'll wait to reserve judgment until I see it in motion and see what they, what the direction really is. Probably wise. I think that's a smart move. Um, Adam thoughts. I'm kind of with, uh, I'm kind of with Chris there. This could be anything. (laughs) <laughs> you <Yeah>. know, uh, <laughs> and, and, this could just be Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> and, and these these images we're looking at could could still change. Um, yeah, but it it, it does feel. I'm I'm a little bit apprehensive about it because uh, franchises like Turtles tend to go through these weird changes just for the sake of it, like to justify uh, existing so shortly after the last one ended. Exactly, and then and to to try to to push and sell more toys to be mm. as different from the last one as possible. I feel like with turtles, I think the best thing to do when a turtle series ends is to let it kind of sit for a little while, wait till you have a new generation of eight year olds, and then just <laughs> hit them again. Because I mean, like that's all you really need to do. Like like they kind of can bank on that sort of amnesia of their fan base, and that you know you can only be eight years old for so long. And then we're not eight years old anymore. And there's this new crop of eight year olds. And that's how they've gotten away with selling the same exact toys to kids for almost 30 years. But I don't know. I feel like, I feel like too with the turtles and, and the, the last series toy line kind of fell into this is you can only sell for, for toys so many times before you have to start dressing them up like werewolves and stuff. Right. But I, I feel like we're, we're almost too close to that right out of the gate. But like I said, this could end up being literally anything. Yeah. Rachel, your thoughts? I, I have to agree because all we're seeing now is concept art and voice actors. You know, it's not a solid thing Well, let's yet. be let's be clear. It's not I don't think it's concept art, it's character design. Right, right, so right. I I think concept art is probably a little bit more speculative. I tend yeah. to think I, if they're I ex- going through all the hype of releasing, this is what they're going to look like. Right, I expect right. that these are what they look like in these sort of still shots, but in motion. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like, again, I go, I go back to Teen Titans. It's like, you know, they have in the same show, in the same like 20 minute episode, they'll have like a stupidly chibi sort of giant sweat drop version of uh, Beast Boy, and then they'll have a version where he's like, you know, turning into a tiger and ripping something to pieces. Right. My, my Rachel, point, finish your yeah, thought. My point Sorry. is, it's not really solidified yet. Sorry. You know, um, <laughs> th- this could change, it could morph into something else. I can't think of the actual, the, the series I'm thinking of right now, but the art that was released before the show came out was vastly different from what we actually saw. So, uh, With, you know, it's Within hard. the realm of possibility. Right, right, right. Cool. And the other thing too is are are the is this is this 
a model that they're going to stick to, or is this going to be like Teen Titans where they go off model, or like Red That's and Stimpy where there is no model? You right. know what I mean? Like, how the, fluid are these designs? Right. And you know, some animation studios are really stick, really strict to their model sheets, and some aren't. Yeah. So <laughs> so much. Um, how do we feel about Raphael being the leader of the group? I know someone who's probably pretty excited about that. <laughs> really? Who? Who are you talking about? <laughs> Suddenly the song is correct. <laughs> um, oh, I man. mean, I, I, that's another thing where I'm kind of like, all right, I, j- I have to see it. I don't know how I feel about it, but I, 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 there is apprehension just because I'm used to one thing and I've been doing one thing for so long. I have to kind of take a breath and go, let's see what happens, I guess. I, yeah. I am apprehensive. Yeah, that's that's one of those things, you know, we'll sort of wait and see what happens. But I kind of like I have the suspicion that that, uh, you know, like like all shows now are, are like heavily serialized and, you know, geared towards being able to binge them all together. And and they f- expect and understand that the audience will take an entire series, uh, an entire season together as one story. I I don't know that Raphael stays the leader for the whole thing. I think I, that might be actually. I'm willing, it, I'm willing to be. I'm willing to bet there's like an arc to it where, yeah. where for some reason or another, Leonardo ends up in charge. I would go with that too. I tend to think that that's going to be a part of the story, uh, that the whole Raphael being the leader and struggling with, struggling with Leo. I for a while thought this was going to be a prequel of sorts to the turtles that we know. We always sort of catch them when they first come out of the sewers, and I feel like I initially. What would they then be twelve? Yeah, I I initially thought this was supposed to feature younger turtles and sort of a less seasoned version of the turtles. And I could be wrong in that, but I do feel like I remember hearing that somewhere. Um, obviously, it is not existing in the universe of any other version of TMNT. It is its own thing as it appears from these designs. And I guess we kind of just have to wait and see. Yep. Yeah. Um, I'm curious, when is the air date on this puppy? Because I would like to see it. Um, no idea. September 2018 is what it looks like. So we have to wait till the fall. That's not so far away. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, it doesn't appear as if Shredder's going to be in this. That'll be interesting. Baron, Drax- Baron Draxum is the bad guy that John Cena is playing. Okay. Marley- Maurice LaMarche could be a cool Shredder. Oh, what if it. what if uh, Maurice LaMarche and Rob Paulson are Shredder and Krang? Did we already say that? No, we said no. We said Bebop and Roxy. Yeah, Bebop and Roxy would be great, but but Maurice LaMarche as Shredder and Rob Paulson as Krang could be amazing. <laughs> I'm curious to see how much they're gonna pull in from. Like the 2012 series did a really good job of pulling stuff in from all the other versions of Turtles. You know, we had a Casey Jones, we had the farmhouse sequence, we saw Usagi Ujimbo, we saw all kinds of cool. We actually saw the 80s Turtles a couple yeah. of times. Um, I really and, ID, and IDW is kind of doing the same thing in a parallel line to that. Yeah. So this this is interesting too because because Nickelodeon has been working with IDW on kind of curating their own Turtles yeah. universe, and to make such a left turn off of that is kind of interesting to me. Well, and it, it brings me to a point that Eastman Laird made back when the first cartoon started is. You know, the cartoon is one version of the Turtles, and it was vastly different than the comics. And purposefully, the comics and the cartoon stayed far apart from each other for a long time. You know, you didn't see Bebop and Rocksteady in the Mirage books. Um, you didn't see Rene or Savanti Romero in the, the cartoon. There, there was certain things that you just didn't mix up because 
you were able to enjoy each one separately. So I think this is going to be a situation much like that. This is going to be its own bubble of Ninja Turtles. You know what it's like? It's like when you really like a band, but then all the members go off and do solo albums. Like, the band is still there, and you can like each individual person's thing. So there's just a lot more to like. There's a lot more variety. You know, um, I... I hate to bring up uh, Zelda again, but I'm reminded of No, when... you don't. You love it. I do. I do. But I'm reminded <laughs> of when, um, when Wind Waker came out. And the artwork ah. was so different from, from Ocarina of Time and what was presented at E3 of that year. And then they released this very cartoony looking game and people railed against it. And it's my favorite. And I think it's one of the best. Which one is that? Is that the one on the... It's the one on the ocean. Link has a boat. Boats. And it's link. it's really cutesy Heavily and cel shaded animation. Yeah, it's beautiful. Uh, it's and I think it's held up the best out of that generation of games. But well, you know, people were really angry about it. But then they realized, oh, this game is fantastic. Well, so, the nice thing about the internet is there's always people to be angry about something that doesn't matter. So or right. doesn't even <laughs> exist yet. Like that. Yeah. That's my favorite thing. Like like we're talking about something that doesn't really exist. You know, oh, man. It's, it's, it's hard for me to really criticize something that I haven't even seen. We just saw the solo trailer drop yesterday. I can't wait to see all the people that are going to make snap judgments about that movie now. <laughs> I'm just I'm just really excited about I don't know. about the Millennium Falcon being new. Clean. Yeah, clean, yeah, clean I, Millennium I read, Falcon. I read a funny tweet today that said, like, if Wookiees live, have like a 400-year lifespan... Han, Han Solo is basically Chewie's third dog. <laughs> More or less. Yeah. I like that. I like that yeah. analogy funny, a lot. Because that dynamic always felt like Chewie was Han's pet. Yeah. But in reality, it's it was the other, the other way, way around. around. <laughs> Chewie's just really bad at yeah, training his pet. I think Chewie's yeah. supposed to be like 300 years old. Like, yeah. like, when, Solo, like that, yeah. when Solo died, he was just like, he was sad, but then he was like, you know, oh, well. I knew this was going to happen when I got him. Yeah. <laughs> he went and, off to the big Spice mines in the sky. This is what I signed up for. He went to a moisture farm upstate. A, <laughs> a oh, hive of villainy. I, I gave yes. him. I gave him sixty some good years. I can't really ask for much more with a with a relationship with a human. We gave him a good life. He had good food and treats. Fed him. Scratched him behind the ears every once in a while. We didn't even fix him, although we should have. <laughs> Probably should have. Yeah, in hindsight, that was a bad idea. Longer, it was bad for <laughs> yeah, his health. He would have lived longer. <laughs> oh man! All right, I guess that's as good a place to end it as any. Why not end yeah. our Ninja Turtles broadcast by talking about Star Wars? Of course, this is just. Star Wars. <laughs> of course. Um, remember to become a supporter on Patreon. You get access to some exclusive TMNT Minute content as well as exclusive content from a lot of other dueling genre podcasts. Mm-hmm. And uh, make sure you stay tuned to our Twitter feed to see what all of us are doing over our hiatus. And uh, make sure to stay with us when we come back to talk about Turtles 2, The Secret of the Ooze, whenever the heck that happens. For the crew here at Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Minute. I am Scott Tofty. They are them. And we will say goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.